Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep. Talking Bills all year long. Because it's always game day in Buffalo. So, Bobby Babich recently parted ways with the Bills. I'm sorry, not yeah. Let me start over again. Uh, John Bobby Butler. Babich didn't. Bobby Babich got the defensive coordinator job. John Butler recently parted ways with the Bills. Mutual parting of the ways. Right away, you're getting a lot of the reaction from fans of, here it is, another assistant coach leaving Sean McDermott. You know, and I always felt, you know, it's, but think about it. We talked about this. Was it, it was Eric Washington too. Was it, hey, a guy just wants to get away from Sean McDermott? Or was it, hey, there's three guys here. Only one can get the DC job. The other two probably feel like they hit a ceiling and they might have to go elsewhere. Well, right before we sat down to do this recording, I'm assuming you're sitting down where you are right now because I am. Yes. Right before we did that. Our buddy Tim Graham of The Athletic actually posted a story. He interviewed John Butler about his departure. And guess what? There's nothing salacious about it, everybody. John Butler himself says, hey, I want to be a defensive coordinator. When Bobby got the job, I wish him great. I wish him well. But it's time for me to see if I can go do that somewhere. So that's what this is. This is not a, oh, my God, you want to get away from Sean McDermott. He can't keep anybody on staff. This is a business. People have careers. You get reminded of that all the time. It's not just players. It's coaches. And in this article, all right, um, here we go. I'll read the quote. This is um, Tim Graham from The Athletic. Quote, Bobby's going to do a great job, Butler said. Quote, it really just came down to us both feeling we were qualified to do the job. We both still are. The decision doesn't change anything. But once that decision is made, it's time for me to see if I can be a coordinator somewhere else. End quote. Yeah. That's why he left. And it's probably the same thing with Eric Washington, too, even though this story doesn't specifically mention Eric Washington. When he realized that the next in line for the defensive coordinator job was Bobby Babbage, he also probably realized, OK, I need to go and put myself in a position where I can get that job because it's not going to happen here. I would imagine Eric Washington, if offered the defensive coordinator job in Buffalo, would have probably taken the job and stayed in Buffalo. But they wanted to get younger. They wanted to go with the high upside play, which is Bobby Babbage. And that's why he got the job. And Eric Washington ended up leaving. I, I don't think that there's any to me. 
this conversation can go a lot of different ways. You can have the conversation of, oh, do people want to work with Sean McDermott? Is this a good organization to be part of? To me, it also comes down to, it more comes down to, this team has been very close. A lot of people, myself included, think that they'll eventually get over the hump. And they're led by Josh Allen, who in my mind is the second best player in the league. Even if you're on the defensive side of the ball, you want to be coaching on the team that has Josh Allen. So at the end of the day, that's what I think makes this an attractive job to coaches, to position coaches, and then in a month to free agents who are trying to decide where they're going to play football. If you've got offers from a couple different teams, I guarantee those guys are looking at the quarterbacks and they're going, okay, who's got the best quarterback? All right, well, I've got an offer from the Bills. I've got an offer from the Bears. I've got an offer from the Bucks. Got somebody to go to Buffalo. They got Josh Allen. That's what. That's just my opinion on it. Well, listen, I mean, we all know that it is a star quarterback-driven league if you can find one. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also see the value in these position coaches, and I'm one always to point out like some of the great jobs that these guys have done. And that is Bobby Babbage. For one, we know what he's done with Jordan Boyer, Michael Hyde, then transitioning to linebackers and Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, and then Terrell Bernard is the latest. I think John Butler's done a really good job. He really has. But I also go back to Kyrie Elam hasn't developed. And I do wonder if, even though, even though I'm not saying that Sean McDermott went to Bobby, went to John Butler and said, you know, we don't want you around because of Kyrie Elam. I don't think so at all. And I think Tim's story confirms this. But I do wonder if part of the decision process between Butler and Babbage came down to, well, we sunk this first round pick and this isn't going to work out. So we got to, you know, Bobby Babbage did a really good job. And if that costs us John Butler, well, maybe we need new mm-hmm. eyes on Kyrie Lamette anyway. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, That's, it's not like trying to push him out the door, but understanding that maybe a change of scenery for your first round pick is going to be a good thing anyway. That's a great point. And I think that at the end of the day, this is almost all asset management. And I know these Mm -hmm. are people and they have personalities and lives and stuff, but what is a more important asset to an organization? Is it a DB coach or is it a first round pick on a defensive back? And so far that first round pick has not worked, even though other guys have. So maybe this is a last ditch effort of trying making that pick worth it or making it so you can flip it for another asset that ultimately helps your team. That is not to diminish the job of position coaches, but they used a first-round pick on Kyrie Elam, and now it needs to be about – if they truly believe that last year was about the injury that hampered him, he was never able to really get healthy, you have now two more years that you have him on a cheap contract where you need to figure this out. Look what Trent McDuff – I'm not comparing him to him. Look what Trent McDuffie just did for the Kansas City Chiefs. You have a guy taking a few picks after him. You need him to turn into something, even with Christian Benford becoming a steal of a draft. And maybe this is their way of trying to do that. All right. Well, the coaching staff obviously seems, well, it seems to be set. I mean, it could always be changes. We found out last year what you said at the uh, combine last year about Leslie Frazier, but it seems to be pretty set. They made some changes, some additions. We've covered them on here. So that seems like it's going forward. Now it comes time for making decisions on free agents, meeting with agents, meeting with guys, trying to set your roster. I have taken a look at WGR550.com at Odyssey at the Bills' state of the certain positions, series by ser- series, uh, position by position. I do this every year. I start with quarterbacks and running backs. I want to touch on this with you because a couple of questions along the way came up. Um, let's start with running backs. I think that was the most interesting one for me when I posted the article I wrote, Matt. James Cook has firmly cemented himself as RB1. And look, I I don't think that anybody questions that he is RB1 right now in the Bills as far as volume, but I had a little pushback from some fans 
who said they don't think he should be a clear RB one because he's not he's not built to be a guy to you know go against heavier boxes and things like that. And they need to have a little bit more of a timeshare, I guess, is the way I'd put it. I don't necessarily agree. I think that they had good compliments for him last year. But what's your feeling on that? Do you? How do you think they should treat the running back position in addition to, I'm not even going to say behind, because maybe you don't think it's behind, in addition to James Cook? Okay, so James Cook is the running back one. But you can have different feelings about how pivotal of a piece he should be for the offense. Mm-hmm. As far as the running backs are concerned, he should get the biggest piece of the pie. If we're looking at a pie chart, James Cook should take up most of the pie chart. But I don't think it should be 90% or 80%. I think it should be 65 70%. And you should be able to go out and get another guy that compliments him. Because I think, in theory, going into the season, last season, you thought it was going to be Damian Harris. And that Damian Harris gets hurt really early on. Then you kind of just forced Latavius Murray into that role. And for a little while it worked. But then for most of the season, it didn't. Then we were talking about Leonard Fournette and how he was going to be involved. I thought he was going to be involved. I really like Ty Johnson. I do not think that this is a position where you need to be spending a lot of money or a lot of resources this offseason, but I do think you need to get other guys. I would like to see Ty Johnson back, and I would like to see somebody else come back as their other guy. Maybe that's Naheem Hunt. Maybe that's just what they do because they still could but it feels like that skill set is a little bit too close to what James Cook's skill set is. So I don't know exactly how they end up navigating that, but I think it should definitely be James Cook. I would like Ty Johnson back. And then if that means Naheem Hines is your other guy, then so be it. If Damian Harris is cleared medically and says he wants to play, it's mm-hmm. not going to cost much. No team's going to give him a big contract. Now there's no, I mean, he didn't no. get a big contract last year, but, you're talking probably vet minimum. Would you be interested in him coming back to the Bills? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The one thing about Damian Harris that was – he clearly can – he could play. I just don't think he provided them anything in the past game. Like, really, that was a threat to defenses. Now, it's a little unfair to say that because we only got to see him for such a small sample size. But Ty Johnson felt like did that and then was also still able to contribute in the run game. So that's why I don't know if he would want to come back if he doesn't see a path to even one of the top three jobs on this team. Yeah, and then you talk about um, Naeem Hines, which is really interesting. I can't. Can you foresee Naeem Hines back in his current contract? I can't. He's, where he's making no. – he's standing to count over $5 million. There's no way that that should no – you can't do that. I mean, heck, if you want to take $4 million of that and give it to you know Gabe Davis, I'd be more for that, right? I mean, and add on what you can do. Now you can restructure him, or mm-hmm. I should say, you know, you know, ask him to take a pay cut. You could release him. You could do a lot of things here. It can't be at that. I'm fine with him being on the team, but I feel like there's got to be an adjustment here. But I do think he has value. The question would come in, do you need a guy like, do you need Naeem Hines and Deontay Hardy? What does the role there? Then you have Andy Isabella can return as well. Now, granted, 90 mm-hmm. men on the roster. I am not opposed to Naeem Hines coming back. I am definitely opposed to him coming back in the current contract. Yeah, I agree with that. I think of the two, I think I'd rather have Naheem Hines than Deontay Hardy. I think that Mm -hmm. if it was just a pick one of them, I think I'd rather have Naheem Hines just because Deontay Hardy we thought was going to play a bigger role specifically on the offensive side of the ball, and he never really ended up having that huge impact. There were a few plays that he made. He had a really big conversion in one of the late games, rolling out to his right. I don't remember the game it was, but it was like a third and long, and he made the play. What game was that? Can you remember? Why am I blanking right now? Uh, maybe New England. Was that New? Was it New England? 
Care no, remember. it was it was. I'm gonna look it up when okay. I finish talking. But yeah, like obviously the Deontay Hardy moment was the punt return against the Dolphins. Yes, in the fourth quarter, the Naheem Hines moment was the kick return against the Patriots, the multiple kick return. I think both of those guys are capable of being your kick returner, punt returners. Now it's just what guy could make a bigger impact on the offense, and I think that's 90 miles. Yeah, that's probably a good point. Uh, Latavius Murray was already the oldest running back in the league last year. He's now a free agent, and they didn't really give him the ball at all towards the end of the year. I don't think he's coming back to the Bills. I don't know if his career is going to – Continue on. He's had a very nice career. Good luck to him if he wants to go somewhere else. I just can't see the Bills interested in doing that, given how they played it out at the end of the year with him. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking up the Deontay Hardy um, log right now. I actually think it was Kansas City. It was the Kansas City regular season game. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you're talking about Deontay Hardy making that making a play, right? There was yes, a Deontay, yes, yeah, Deontay Hardy right. had right. one catch for 25 yep. yards, and yep. I believe it was it's on the last going. drive of that game. Josh was going right. to his right, and that's right. Yes, he was coming was across rolling. the middle to the right sideline, correct? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So that was, um, I mean, that's a nice play, but it was just way too few and far between. Do you know how many catches Deontay Hardy had this season? He only had like five or six, maybe. Uh, well, he finished the year with 15 catches, okay. 15 catches for 150 yards, but 15, yeah, he catches was never for a guy was who was, who, yeah, 15 catches for a guy who played as much as he did, who was active as much as he was that that can't happen for somebody who's got like a legit NFL contract. I feel the same about Trent Sherfield, but we'll get to wide receivers again when we go down the road. What about Latavius Murray and what I brought up? He's already the oldest running back in the league. Doesn't feel like that's something the bills are going to revisit. No, I don't think so either. I think that Latavius Murray probably retires, right? I, I mean, unless somebody I think maybe, yeah. But even maybe if he does he's is Latavius Murray just like your practice squad running back that you keep around? Like, is there any chance mm, of that? I don't know well? if he would want to do that. Even like that's what what's the you know you're asking a thirty the oldest running back in the league that has a lot of skin in the game to just come every day and be a practice squad guy at that kind of salary. I, I it feels to me like. He'd be more in the Leonard Fournette mold, which is sure, that's fine. I'll sign late in the year for you if you want to make a run and come on your practice squad. I ain't spending all year there. Yeah. Who was the guy that they did that with a couple of years ago? Why am I blanking? It wasn't TJ Eldon. He was actually on the team. Um, it was wasn't like one Matt of those Breida. veteran run. No, it wasn't Matt Breida. It was one of those veteran running backs who had been around forever and they just had him on their practice squad for most of the season. Yeah. I remember, I remember it too. And I can't remember the name right now. I'll we'll have to look at that. But, and, you know, the point is, though, that I think there's going to be some, but if you're going to get, if you're not going to have Latavius Murray, I think you do want a, a guy like that. I want to go circle this back to Ty Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills should re-sign Ty Johnson at a vet minimum salary. And if Ty Johnson says I'm worth more than that, I'm going to wait it out. Then get somebody like Ty Johnson at a vet minimum salary. This is not about the player as much as it is about asset allocation. You do not need mm-hmm. to pay any of these guys more than the vet minimum salary to be backup running backs anymore. Yeah, for sure. And I agree with you. One million percent. And that's why I know it's funny because we're going to get to the point right now where whenever there's a free agent running back available or a guy who becomes a free agent, somehow the bills are going to be tied to them. Don't pay attention to it because that would not be a smart investment of their money. 
whether that's Derrick Henry, whether that's Saquon, whoever it is. Like, no, James Cook is going to be your guy. Then just get a couple complimentary pieces that can go along with him. I mean, James Cook was a pro bowler this year. I know the pro bowl doesn't mean anything, but his numbers were really, really impressive. And I know that there is a thought that maybe he can't handle the every down workload. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think I'm not as high on James Cook as some people are, but I still think he is very clearly for the next two years, your top running back. By the way, the guy you're thinking of, I'm going to look right now. Um, wasn't he? He was somebody who played for the um, Falcons. Who was the guy who was with the Falcons? That's the guy you're thinking of, and I can't think of his name now. Um, TJ Yeldon was with the team, though, back in 2020. He was there, so I can't. Now, now it's going to bother me. We're going to have to think yeah. about this. All right. Um, if you want to draft a running back late, go right ahead. Get him on a rookie deal. Um, it's got to be, to me, a certain fit and kind of maybe niche running back, if you will, Matt. Like, not anybody mm-hmm. you think it, can be like even a James Cook. I think it's more like the physical presence or something you're not getting in the passing game you think you could get that even though you have James Cook, maybe you can bring another guy in there. I think that's what you would have to do or want to do if you want to draft one. I'm not opposed to using a late-round pick on a running back, though. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's probably smart. If you actually have 10 draft picks that you're going to use, if not, I draft. If, if you don't end up using them, draft 75% wide receivers for all I care. All right, let's – um. Get into some questions from some fans, but first, I just want to touch briefly on the quarterback situation. 